Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. The uh, title of the talk, at least for now, is uh, All It Takes Is a Moment. Um, as if you've been coming here for a while, you know that I've, uh, I was gone for, uh, for most of the summer, for almost two months during the summer, teaching and, uh, and traveling. Um, I mentioned uh, in Europe and um, taught a, a number of retreats there and uh, just finished teaching a retreat at Spirit Rock over Labor Day. Um, and um, so I've been in a kind of teaching, or at least in this seat, the Dharma seat role. And um, I I love it. I really enjoy it. It's 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 such a an honor and a um, a blessing to be able to share something that's been so helpful for me and to basically um, help people wake up to who they really are. Uh, It really changed my life and to be able to uh, somehow be in a position where you can share the Dharma and people are actually listening to you is... It's pretty amazing. I still pinch myself quite regularly and say, how did that happen? And I love it. And in that role, when I'm in that role, when I'm in the the Dharma seat, uh, fortunately, after all of these years, I was very nervous for, oh, the first 10 or 12 years, actually, um, there was a, a place that kind of uh, that I I've mentioned this before. I kind of apologized in my my heart, like, do I really have something to say? Can I really uh, do the the Dharma um, justice? Um, but I kept on doing it because that I was that was asked of me, and mostly after all of this time, and I've been doing it for a, a while, for quite a while, um, now I kind of trust that something will come uh, will come out of me that is often helpful uh, if I don't let my mind get in the way. And it used to get in the way a lot, but it, it doesn't get in the way this, these, as much these days because it's not up to me to do to do it or to be smart. If, I, if I'm really doing okay, I kind of get out of the way and whatever comes out is just up to the Dharma. Okay, so that's one part of my life. Then there's the rest of my life when I'm not in this role, on this seat. And one of the 
one of the things that um, w- it was really clear, it was my ongoing practice as I was traveling, and, and still uh, this, this week, is just seeing the discrepancy between what comes out that seems fairly clean and not so so much in the way and generally helpful, uh, I hope, and then living my life and being all too human in other parts of my life. When you're traveling, uh, and my wife and I have been together, we celebrated our 34th anniversary uh the last last couple of days of uh, of the trip when we were away, and we've been together for thirty six years, and it's a, a really good relationship. I'm so blessed. Still, when you're traveling with somebody <laughs> for seven plus weeks, uh, humanity comes through in all of its glory. She's a wonderful person. <laughs> She is. I, I don't want to say, it, it always takes two to, you know, for any relationship. And any good relationship, if everybody, is, if, if somebody is saying, oh yes, um, I've never had a disagreement with my partner for the last 35 years, I'll, either I want to, you know, just bow to them and find out what their secret is or have a little suspicion of, you know, well, are they... Are they there? In, you know. um, but and besides us, and we, we, we do have a really good relationship. Um, just seeing other ways, my my humanness staring me at the fa- in the face, and it's also interesting on this on this particular uh, this last trip. Uh, wh- Jane teaches with me. She's been practicing for 40 years herself and um, is very wise. She's going to be teaching a mindful self-compassion series at Spirit Rock actually starting next Tuesday. I forgot to announce that if anybody's interested. Um, She's great. Um, But she, uh, when we teach together, uh, she uh, these days often likes to sit in on my groups the first couple of days to meet everybody uh, and before she uh, has individual sign-ups and, and people check in with her, and they love checking in with her. Um, but um, in recent times, she said, you know, I really, really like listening to you and how you work with, with people in groups. So it's, it's, it's different than anybody else saying they like me. And, you know, <laughs> I really like the way you do that. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Gee, you know, and then we have our relationship, and uh, and somehow all of my wisdom flies out the window as I'm back to being me, in all of capital M me, um, and it's it's humbling. So. And it's humbling, and it's also uh, humorous in my better moments. Um, but it is uh, more and more mm, a practice to just see, you know, I, I try to be as authentic as I can be. 
uh, and uh, often share, you know, I've, I've found from my own teachers, Ramdas particularly and Joseph Goldstein, uh, that the more human they are, the more it always touched my heart. So um, that was a really good model. Uh, and I try to be as transparent and vulnerable and authentic as I can if it's useful to share something, as I'm doing right now. And um, and I get a lot of good Dharma talk material. That's one of the best best deals and whatever whatever I happen to be going through okay uh, it, one of the one of the best um, parts of being in this role is you look at your life through the Dharma lens all the time and I'm always looking for material and what better material than how this mind gets crazy and distorts things and oh and how it and maybe maybe I'll have to come up with something uh, semi-wise through my sorting out this the neurotic mind here that that can be useful for everyone so and and when i um just something when i i do uh work with people it's not as i said it's not really my wisdom it's just we create a, a field where we're looking at things together and I'm looking at the Buddha right in there, whoever I'm with. And even if they're having a meltdown or really losing it, there's a Buddha right in there. And um, one of my main tasks is to invite her or him out. Um, so... Um, Part of this, uh, in this role, is that people project on you. Of course, you know I certainly did with my my teachers, and and it's so interesting how um, if you tune into a particular channel, something uh, you can access some wisdom. Like I used to uh, get caught a lot in my earlier years, and I would. Um, I would have a, a little interview in my mind with Joseph Goldstein, who has seen me in uh, the most regressive moments in my life on retreat. And uh, he was always so wise. You know. I'd say, well, okay, Joseph. I wouldn't be speaking to him in real life, but I'd have this little conversation Okay, well, what do you think about this? And he'd come up with some really wise answers. You know? And then I'd realize, well, w- well, wait a second. Where is that coming from anyway? It's just like little Jamie from Queens is not getting in the way and something else comes through. So, you know, people, and I would project on him. Uh, and people can project on you and, and think, oh, well, you know, you must know all the answers. But... It's it's a practice in itself to uh, to open up to your humanity in this role. Uh, many years ago, Sharon Salzberg uh, was giving a talk about her humanity. You know, she wrote this wonderful book on loving kindness and on faith, and she's written lots of other books. And she was 
she was really uh, at one point getting a little uncomfortable with the projections that people were having on on her and she was saying i'm you know the, i get lost here and i get lost there and i you know i have uh, you know i'm very very human and then people would come up to her and say oh and you're so humble too you know <laughs> In Tibet, there's a, um, a piece of wisdom that says you should live um, three mountains and three valleys from your guru. That kind of minimizes the projections because when you're seeing them every day, oh, they're human too. Mm. And one of the benefits of uh, at least the way our community works, the teaching community, is that um, we, it's so different teaching with peers and having good Dharma friends and Kalyanamita um, friends, Kalyanamita spiritual friends, spiritual friendship. Um, because as the Buddha says, good friends he has this one discourse, the Sigala Sutta, in the um, Diganakaya, the long discourses. And uh, he says, uh, among many things that a good friend has, many qualities that a good friend has, he says, a good friend will tell you when you stray from the path. And, and we do. Uh, with mostly with a lot of love. And I, I just am so blessed with some wise, good-hearted friends. Um, but I want to just first say, not just about me being in this role, but having it relevant to you, that um, there's a price to pay for waking up. You can't pretend that you don't know. And as you start to bring more awareness to every facet of your life, you see all the ways that you fall short of your ideals. And it can be so humbling have you noticed that the more you the more you see the more uh difficult sometimes it is to uh to accept what you see it doesn't have to be that way but it can be we can get caught in that <clears throat> as uh, Trungpa Rinpoche uh great Tibetan master he said um the the spiritual path uh, spiritual journey is fraught with perils and uh, and 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 difficulties, and it can be very very humbling. Uh, so you think well, think carefully before you start it, before you start embarking on it. But once started, it's best to finish, because otherwise you're caught in no man's land or no person's land where you see, oh my goodness, look at this mind. But you can't pretend you don't know anymore. So 
if you don't have a continued commitment to waking up, you're kind of stuck with the bad news and don't have much um, much possibility of freeing yourself. So although there's a price to pay for waking up, um, it's important to understand this process in that context that the more you will see, the more you'll see the beauty and the goodness and the wisdom and the compassion and even the joy and the peace inside. And it is essential that you will also encounter and open up to all the greed, hatred, delusion, pettiness, confusion, jealousy, uh, judgment, fear, all of those things. How could it not be that way? Because if you're willing to open up to the whole show, of course, you know, it's kind of like Pandora's box. The first thing that you see is all those things that get in the way that we usually distract ourselves from. Oh, that's there. Oh, that's there. Oh, that's still there. All of that. And if you close the box, you know, forget it. But if you're willing to open up to it all, then you see that there's an awareness, a goodness, a compassion, a wisdom that can hold it all. That's much bigger than all those ways that the mind gets confused. Mm. This is from uh, Ramdas from Be Here Now. I, I have read this many times. Uh, it's one of my favorite quotes. Uh, Be Here Now, as I've mentioned here before, the book that changed my life and many people's lives. He says, As you further purify yourself, your impurities will seem grosser and larger. Understand that it's not that you're getting more caught in the illusion. It's just that you're seeing it more clearly. The lions guarding the gates get fiercer as you go towards each inner temple. But of course, the light gets brighter too. That's the deal here. Trungpa Rinpoche, again... Uh, a very iconoclastic and um, brilliant, uh, unique wisdom teacher. He says that um, chaos should be regarded as extremely good news. When you see in your mind and you see in your heart all the chaos in there, he's saying, oh, now you're not pretending anymore. Now you're really allowing for it all to be seen. How good, how wonderful. Now you're truly going to find the courage that it takes to, to wake up. And it does take courage. And there's a, a saying in uh, India uh, that I love. It says... Um, 
Even a 93-year-old saint isn't safe. Even a 93-year-old saint isn't safe. Some holy person that's been practicing for decades and decades, it's just one thought in the mind getting caught and I'm a 93-year-old saint. Aren't I wonderful, you know? Or here's confusion. Oh my goodness, I thought I dealt with this already. As I, I've often said, if you press the right button, uh, I can be back in the third grade. Uh, <laughs> but one thing that does has happened over all this time is generally... I don't stay there for nearly as long as I used to. (laughs) But I want to just turn things around a bit. And I've I've talked about this um, before. But I really, uh, this is what's coming up for me. So here it is again. How instead of feeling discouraged by what you see, it's really fantastic. Chaos should be regarded as extremely good news. It's, it's a good sign. And I wanted to share with you uh, from Joseph Goldstein's um, wonderful book, Insight Meditation, The, Path of, the Practice of Freedom, this uh, part of this little... Um, little piece called Not Seeing Dukkha is Dukkha. It's the not seeing of Dukkha that's Dukkha. And I'll just read a little bit. In order to relate well to unpleasant experience, we must first know that it is there. The non-seeing of suffering keeps us locked into suffering. But seeing it clearly and precisely allows us to open to whatever form of suffering it is. And that opening and acceptance, in turn, allow the discomfort to wash through our consciousness and away. So this... Not seeing of dukkha, you start to see, oh, what's going on here? How am I getting caught? And in that moment, instead of judging or being discouraged, if you can see, oh, I see you. It's like the Buddha saying, oh, I see you, Mara. You know, Mara is the embodiment of of confusion and kind of the Buddhist equivalent to the to the devil, um, and Mara tried to knock the Buddha off his seat many times, and each time the Buddha would say, "Oh, I see you, Mara." So every time you're seeing the dukkha inside, you're really seeing Mara. Oh, I see you, Mara. This is good news. And then there's. Another reason that it's really important to be able to open up 
to see what's really here. Beside the fact that you're learning and waking up to what it means to be human. And that is, from a karmic standpoint, it's better to do something unskillfully and know that you are doing it unskillfully or know that you've been unskillful than to not know. You might say, well, that doesn't seem very fair. You know? What do you mean? It, it's better to know that you're doing something unskillful and do it anyway? Yikes. You know? It's better to know than to just say, I didn't know. I really didn't know. I really didn't understand. Why is it better to know? Because if you don't know that you are causing suffering out of greed, hatred, and delusion, if you don't realize it, then you will be doomed to cause it again. You will be doomed to keep repeating the habit But if you do know and you see, oh gosh, when I did that, that was really off. As humbling as it is, oh, I see the pain that is caused when I act in that way. Oh, this doesn't feel so good. And you have a greater likelihood of waking up and changing your course of action than if you were blissfully ignorant. Ignorance is bliss, they say. But if you look in terms of karma being created, ignorance is suffering, leads to more suffering. So... Here we are again, this um, waking up. I, I don't, if you're old enough, uh, if you're from my generation, there was a, a, a song, very popular uh, pop song. Now, I'm, at least you're not on retreat, so you won't be you know, replaying this in your mind for the next... Uh, you might anyway, but... Uh, it's different when you're on retreat. But there was a, a, a song by Neil Sedaka, Breaking Up is Hard to Do. Remember that? Well, the Dharma version, Waking Up is Hard to Do. <laughs> waking Up is Hard to Do. <clears throat> but what's the choice? Creating more acting out of greed, hatred, and delusion and creating more suffering and, uh, for yourself and others. So here's something I wanted to share that was really the, the impetus for, um, for giving this talk. Um, it's the possibility that at any moment 
you can see things in a new way. In any moment, you can see clearly. So the corollary to even a 93-year-old saint isn't safe. That's the, the unsettling news. The good news is no matter how confused you've been, no matter how caught you've been, no matter what you've done that you can berate yourself and just keep on spinning your wheels and, and, um, and getting caught again and again, waking up is just one moment away. In one moment, you can shift things. It doesn't mean that the habits will be erased and eradicated because habits uh, take a while to change. But the heart can open in a moment. And I, uh, I had this experience recently um, in, uh, in one um, relationship, not not uh not Jane, not my wife, but someone who i have been close to, and um that there was uh just a a different take on on realities and there was um hurt and disappointment and frustration and anger on on both of our parts. And, um, and this is, you know, of course, what else are you going to do than just make it a practice? So that, that has, looking at all of those qualities of heart, those contracted qualities, uh, was, um, you know, has been a, a practice for me. Um, and um, it's really, it's really interesting to, Know that you're stuck and be quite aware, oh, I'm identifying with this with this uh, this story that I'm telling myself. Know quite well that I'm identifying with it. I could that's the thing when you're when you're there for somebody else and you're not plugged in, uh, it's very easy to you know see through the identification. Um, but even seeing the identification, still the, the, the heart and the body and the, the activation of past experience can, uh, can come into play and the heart can get contracted. Um, and uh, it was hard to, to let go of this one. And uh, in just... In being in the Dharma seat, sometimes being in the um, in the held in the lap of the Dharma, there's a softening that could happen. And just in one moment, um, recently, I just saw it from a whole. Not saw it, I felt it from a whole other place. I saw it very clearly before. See, and this is something that 
I've come to appreciate, seeing clearly doesn't always do it. You can see it clearly, and yet the body is contracted. Old stuff can get activated. And even though you, you want to let go, it's still hard. But in a moment of shifting from the mind to the heart, um, there was this release. Isn't that amazing? Have you had that experience? Can you think of a time in your life? This is one of the amazing capacities of the human heart to open and forgive and allow and let go of the story. It's one of the, one of the things uh, that coming, working with old age sickness and death particularly um, can, um, can inspire you. Do you want to end your life holding on to hurts? Do you want to leave at the end of your life with contraction and bitterness? Life is too short. Life is very short and there's no time for fussing and fighting, my friend. Um, But as much as we, we might want to let go, it takes a kind of mysterious shift to just come into the heart and see it from a new perspective. And when that happens, you know, as the saying is, to err is human, to forgive divine. There's something so mysterious and um, deeply spiritual like Jesus saying on the cross, forgive them. They know not what they do. How in one moment, whether it's about somebody else or about yourself or about life, in one moment it's possible to shift. That's amazing. That's why all the practice that you put in is not wasted because you are little by little breaking down habits of uh, greed, hatred, and delusion and just little by little until there can be a release. Joseph used to give this this image, uh, I haven't thought of this in years, of um, breaking a rock, breaking a stone, and you know, if you you take a sledgehammer and you break, and you keep on hitting it, and you might hit it a hundred times, and the first ninety-nine times, it doesn't seem like anything is happening, and then at one moment, and it splits. And it needed those ninety-nine times before it split. So not to underestimate 
each time that you see and you see with compassion the ways that you get stuck. And in fact, even to wish you could be not stuck is good, is good enough. That's all you can do until you, until the heart releases. Okay. You can have the, the sense, I still get stuck. Darn it. Come on, let's go. All that does is contract the heart. But if you say, if you have the attitude, I'm stuck, I wish I would be unstuck, and this is where I am right now, and can I just hold this, can I just hold this with kindness and compassion, then you're not adding on that contraction that says, come on, let's get on with it. And that's the miracle, the magic of awareness, as Anam Tupton says, the, that you can hold co- with compassion those deepest, most contracted, tightest places, stuck places in the heart. Not to hurry it up and undo it, but just to see, oh yes, this too is part of being human. And those 99 blows, those 99 times or 9,099 times that say, oh yes, it's so painful to be stuck. Every time you hold it with kindness, you are deconditioning that habit. So it's to see it and even to start here conceptually seeing, oh, I'm just buying into my thoughts. But each time you do that, you're starting to more and more connect and make the journey from here to here. Uh, I did this uh, oh, a few months ago. I shared about this transmission that, uh, that I got from Ramdas when I saw him in, in Hawaii. Uh, and I... I it's really the secret. So I, I want to do it again with you, particularly if people uh, weren't here the last time. I, I was with Ramdas and, uh, and Jane and sharing about a particular issue uh, and uh, telling my perspective about it. And he said, it's really very simple. The, the solution, the real solution, is going from here to hear. And when he said it, oh, that's it. So I actually said, can we do that a few times? Because there's something about having your body get it as well as your mind. So just do this with me again. So just first up here where everything is, we're trying to figure it out. We're trying to uh, justify, we're getting into our perspective and our story. Not that the thoughts don't have value, but when they get tight, it's so hard to see. But when we go from there 
down to here and just feel the difference. Where there's, it's beyond explanation. It's beyond right or right and wrong. It's just connecting in that place that can bring an open heart. Do it again with me, going from here down to here. Just feel the difference. Your body might even be able to feel the difference. It's amazing the capacity of the human heart. In the moment that we're not only not taking our thoughts to be real, but open to that vulnerability and that softening and that, um, yeah, the soft belly or the soft, uh, the soft skin. Um, in that moment, we can release. This is from uh, Anam Tupton's new book, which I just got. Um, he, as as many of you know, uh, he's he's a wonderful teacher. We teach sometimes together. Uh, this is called Embracing Each Moment. And this is from his chapter, The Buddha of Love. He says, love heals everything. Love will awaken you. It heals your wounded heart and will awaken your deluded consciousness. Love of humanity is in the end the only true love. You may have a divine love, but if you don't know how to love humanity, your love is incomplete in the end, the highest love is not spiritual love, not trans- nor transcendent love. It's not the love of Avalokiteshvara or the love of Kuan Yin or Shiva. The highest love you can find, the love that will free you and heal you, is your love of humanity. Once you love humanity, you can love everything. And by that, humanity means love of and embracing our humanness as well. So all it takes is a moment and the heart can free what the mind can get caught in. It's worth it to keep practicing. So I'll stop here and any comments, any questions, anything that you want to bring up, we have a few moments before we we close. Here, uh, Andrew, Linda in the back. And if you could stay to the end, that would be appreciated. Hi, I'm Linda. And um, for years I've had a lot of trouble sleeping and I'm going to um, cognitive behavior therapist and um, and we've been working together and there's a workbook and there's logs and there's um, goals to keep track of and um, and actually I like all the record record keeping and I in the beginning it was really rough going and then I had um, a really good spell and I was steadily improving and then 
I had a setback and I was discouraged and I was telling the therapist and she says, Linda, we're not going for perfection. And it really helps me um, um, just to hear those words to be kinder and more compassionate mm. to myself and others. I'm, you know, how often do you get, compa- get perfection? And in a way, there's something kind of tight about going for it. Yeah. Anyway, I just mm. wanted to pass that along. Thank you. Yep. Yeah, and I, I've, I've shared this, uh, the line, my favorite line from the Third Zen Patriarch, he says, to live in the highest realization is to be without anxiety about non-perfection. That's the, rea- that's the highest realization, to be without anxiety about non-perfection. Yeah, let go of it. Thank you. Anything else? Okay, then uh, why don't we uh, why don't we close and uh, before we do the meta, I just invite you for a moment to um, to go inside and uh, see if there's any particular thing that you're holding on to that you've been holding on for a while that maybe you still get caught. Maybe it's a relationship or some issue and it contracts the heart. And just see first if there can be a a skillful way of relating to that contracted heart. So there's not judgment You're not going for perfection, as Linda just said. And you're holding it with patience and kindness. And you might envision at some point... At some point, perhaps, what it might be like if the heart can release. Not to put pressure on yourself or get into grasping, but just imagine what it would be like if there was that release and ease. And if it seems like a worthwhile endeavor, just have that seed of possibility and know that every time you hold it with a kind awareness that you are more and more weakening that contraction and that in its own time, the heart can let go. Okay, and then with that in mind, we can just close with a 
dedication of merit, may all of us see through our contractions and confusions, and may we open to all the the goodness and the love inside, and may our coming here together be of benefit to all beings everywhere. May all beings know the highest happiness and peace. Thank you very much for your attention. See you next week. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.